Well, it's great to be uh, together with you this Easter Sunday, and uh, I hope you're sensing the excitement and the goodness of this day where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We're going to speak today from the Word of God as uh, we do each Sunday, and we're going to ask the Lord to be with us and to bless uh, this time. So let's pray together. Gracious God, uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for this incredible celebration of uh, Christ raised to new life, raised to be the Lord, 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 the King of, of all creation. And we pray that as we are together now in this fashion that you would bless us. Uh, Holy Spirit of God, touch our lives deeply. Communicate the truths of Scripture into the lives of all who listen so that they might know your presence and your goodness and, and the call that you have for their lives. So God bless this time, we pray. Guide us, speak to us now. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Well, I want us to recognize today that Easter Sunday is, is a Sunday that was in the day of Jesus and can be in our day, a day of what I want to call this morning shocked realization, a day where the phrase, oh my goodness, was and can still be very much part of the experience of people who looked at and observed and discovered Jesus alive, raised from the grave. I think of a, a couple of groupings back in the day that it happened. I think of the kingdom of darkness itself. I spoke of this kingdom on Good Friday, that realm uh, with power on the earth then and even still today, ruled by Satan, the devil, uh, and all his dark angels. Could you imagine their response when they recognized the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? They would have thought, like, we thought we had defeated him. We thought that he was dead. We thought that he was dead and gone. But look at him now. He's alive. Oh, my goodness. What does that mean for us? And I think it would have sent them into a, a bit of a, 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 a tailspin as they tried to figure out what on earth is happening here. Think about the, the disciples of Jesus in the day. You see, when Jesus had been crucified... It would have been an experience of incredible disappointment for them. They, they had had a hope given to them by Jesus of a new kingdom, a kingdom that would come and indeed had come in him as the king, uh, as he had explained it to them, and a, a kingdom in which they would live that was dramatically better than what they had known to this point. I can imagine they would have sat back after the crucifixion and, and thought, is, is this all we have? Roman domination, brutality, violence, enforced poverty because of this dictatorship. That would have been their understanding of the kingdom of darkness at the moment. But can you imagine what they would have thought when they recognized and saw and actually came to believe that Jesus had been raised from the dead, that he was alive? Oh my goodness, they must have thought. What, what a realization it was because all of a sudden, all their hopes that had been lost, they would have, they would have uh, taken to themselves again. They, they would have found that hope rising up within them. The hope that they would have had for the life that Jesus spoke of would have been renewed within them. Stunned realization that, yes, Jesus is alive and, and a recognition that what he had promised might yet still be. Well, what about us? All these years later, these millennia later, what's our oh my goodness moment 
What's our experience of stunned realization when we gaze at the reality of the risen Christ right here and right now? When we recognize his victory over death, well, I want to suggest to you there can be such a reaction here today in us. And quite frankly, ideally, there will be such a reaction because as Jesus was raised from life and as we gaze at that reality, as we as, as we focus ourselves upon that reality today, we recognize that Jesus rose as the king of the kingdom that he promised. He rose and he proved himself to be that very thing. He rose and he proved that everything that he had spoken of about what would be would still become a reality in him. Let me explain this to you. Before Jesus died, he often taught about the, the coming kingdom. We've often discussed that reality here at IPC. Often he referred to it as the kingdom of God, and that's the term that I tend to use when I speak to that reality. But often Jesus spoke as well, <clears throat> excuse me, about the kingdom of heaven, particularly in the Gospel of Matthew. And our text is there today, and we're going to reference this kingdom in that way, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus described. This is a kingdom that he referred to, of course, where the rule and reign of God had come into the world in himself. The reign and rule of God, which, which, which would change how human beings lived. Now, of course, he and other biblical writers talked about a, a, a kingdom which would come in the future, still in our future as well, in its fullest expression. When Jesus Christ would return and everyone would know who he is and recognize him to be the Lord. Um, and in that day, the world will function as God has always desired it to function, with righteousness and justice and love and grace and in peace. Um, we will have an incredible experience because everything that we talked about on Good Friday, all the struggles and the heartaches will be gone that is produced by the kingdom of darkness still. But in that day, evil will be destroyed, not only defeated. And as Revelation 21 says, you know, there will be uh, tears wiped from our eyes by God himself. There will be no more death and no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. That day is coming, my friends, because Jesus rose and overcame the power of evil. But I want to suggest to you what Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven in his day was not that it was something only in the future, but a very present reality for him and for his disciples as he spoke. Well, let me illustrate this for you. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2 says this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2 says this. I'm using actual paper Bible these days, uh, hardback. Um, I'm sorry, it is. Oh, yes, it is. I'm going to begin with reading verse 1 and then just go straight into verse 2. In those days, John the Baptist came, repenting, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John taught that ahead of Jesus. And it was Jesus who would then go on to teach very similar things. But what I want you to notice is the word is. The kingdom of heaven has come near. It is with us. It's in the present reality that John the Baptist spoke and it's in the present reality that Jesus would speak. I look at Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is speaking in this instance, in, in verse 31, when he says this. He told them another parable. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And he goes on to describe how that mustard seed planted in the ground produced a plant and became something much, much larger. But my point to you here is that it is like a mustard seed. It's not going to be like a mustard seed. It is here in the now, in the, in the present. In another instance, Jesus' disciples approach him and, and they ask in Matthew 18, uh, verses 1 to 4, they ask him, um, who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? that time the disciples came to jesus and asked who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven he jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them and he said truly i tell you unless you change and become like uh, little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven therefore whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the greatest not will be the greatest it's a here and now reality the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven has come near to you john said and he said what that literally means is it's here it's now my friends i want to tell you as those disciples experienced then so we can experience this now jesus risen from the dead the resurrected jesus king of the kingdom us experiencing the kingdom of heaven in this place. I want to tell you that new reality is completely opposite to the kingdom of darkness. With all of its struggle and all of its suffering and brokenness because of sin and evil, heaven here to some degree for us to experience now. Let me read to you again in reference Romans chapter 8, which we looked at the other day, verses 22 and 23. We know that the whole creation has been growing, groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And that's what we spoke to on Good Friday. The struggle, the heartache of life because of the kingdom of darkness and its present activity still. But listen to this. Now, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Note that. We who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. What does that mean, the reference that is given to us, the first fruits which are to come? Well, what, what Paul is speaking about then is very simply what I'm describing to you. Although the kingdom hasn't come in its fullest expression, it is with us now, and we begin to experience the reality of that new kingdom of heaven. We begin to experience the reality of heaven here and now. It's an exciting reality. A different reality. My friends, as we grasp the meaning of that teaching, as we, as we understand it because Jesus rose from the dead, we can start to experience this kingdom of heaven. There comes a place in our lives when we stand back in shocked realization and we go, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Now what does that look like? What does that mean? What I'm going to describe to you in various ways, illustrate to you in various ways, when I first mention it, it's going to sound a little banal, boring. Nothing out of the ordinary, certainly not shocking realization. But I want you to stick with me, and I want you to hear what I'm describing. Number one, enter into the kingdom of heaven now, and you will never be alone. Never. Because God, by his spirit, the spirit of the risen Christ, the living Jesus, is with us. 
2012-2013, as many of you from IPC will know, I had a burnout experience. I came to the end of myself. Uh, the way I, I think of it now and have described it is that I just had nothing left to give. Um, if I hadn't been given a sabbatical with a lot of love and, and grace by the elders at that time, as I think back about it, I'm quite sure now I would have not continued in ministry. It would have been the end of my ministry. But I was given a sabbatical, and, and early in that sabbatical, what I was told by people who had experienced sabbaticals otherwise, who had had that blessing as well as part of their ministry, they said, the best thing you can do is get away from home, essentially go on short spiritual retreats, just to be by yourself with God. I hated that idea. And if I were to be really honest with you today, I would tell you that I was afraid of being alone. I just had this repulsion in my heart toward the possibility. The first week of my sabbatical went by, and I was, I was just spinning my wheels. It's like I literally didn't know what to do with myself. It wasn't very meaningful. It wasn't helping me. So I got in a car, and I drove north, north to a recreational property that my mother-in-law owned at the time. And in that place of solitude, when I was by myself, I began to experience the presence and the power of Christ by his spirit with me. And I began to experience healing in my soul. Now this didn't happen right away, but over time, as I continued to encounter the king of kings, the risen Christ in my life during those times, I came to believe fully and completely in my heart of hearts that although I wasn't with another person, I was not alone. And my friends, that I had nothing to fear. See, God became incredibly real to me in those days, more real than he ever had before. Isn't that what happens in our hard, difficult times? It certainly happened for me in my hardest and most difficult time. And the reality was, as I had taken a step into the kingdom of God by faith in Jesus, as I lived in that realm under the rule and reign of Christ in my life, I encountered him in a profound and in a real way. Some might say, well, is that a shocking reality? I want to tell you, yes, it is a shocking reality when you encounter, when you experience the living Christ in your life. And I want to speak to people right now who may be living alone during this time of COVID-19. And I recognize that you are likely struggling. You easily could be struggling. I have thought as I've spent time at home with my family, my goodness, what must it be like for people who don't have family to be with right now and they're in a house or an apartment by themselves? I want to tell you this. I want to assure you this. You are not alone and you never will be alone because Christ is with you by his Holy Spirit. And you can discover this turn to the Lord, experience his presence, the presence of the risen Christ. And you will know his peace. Secondly, second potential shocking reality illustrated for you today. In this kingdom of heaven in which we live, this experience of heaven which we can know now, um, I want to suggest to you, my friends, 
that you live, live in a realm where very literally your God will hear your prayer and answer them. Leading you to a place of going, oh my goodness, Christ is alive. March 4th, as many of you again in this congregation will know, my father passed away. Um, he had been declining and, and ill for some time. And um, the reality is that as, as the last few months of his life came, we could see that great decline and, and struggle and, and frailty in his life. For a couple of years, as he passed 90 years of age, I began to think and even pray about his passing. And I asked God numerous, numerous times to essentially bless his death. Um, that he wouldn't suffer and that uh, he would go at the time of God's choosing. Those are literally the two phrases that I used in relationship to him. That the time would be right when God would take him home to heaven. In a walk with Heather, my wife, about a week ago, she said, you know, I know God answers prayer a lot, and I'm just so thankful for that, but sometimes he answers it in such a way that I, I just can't let it go. I can't forget about it. And I said, what are you speaking to? And she said to me, the timing of your father's death. March 4th. Um, the day, it was a day before, a few days before COVID-19 struck with power. We were able to have um, a funeral with friends and family and grieve well. We were blessed in that. Dad didn't have to go back from the nursing home, uh, from, sorry, from the hospital to the nursing home where he lived and not have visitors come to be with him. I want to tell you, my friends, if that had had to happen, particularly because of the dementia my dad struggled with, that would have been a very disturbing experience for him. It didn't happen. It didn't need to happen. I want to tell you, too, if we couldn't have visited my dad in that circumstance, it would have been a very difficult experience for us, maybe me in particular. And if dad had gone back to that nursing home, and if dad had caught COVID-19, he wouldn't have survived it. He was too frail, and he had... Uh, lung issues in the hospital because of pneumonia at the time. And you know, I realized on that walk as I spoke with, with Heather, you know, it, it's possible of that it happened that he would have had to die alone. But he didn't have to die alone. You know, he died with people surrounding him who loved him, praying for him, speaking words of scripture into his mind and into his heart, assuring him of the promise of heaven with God. And we got to say goodbye to him. Well, you see, if I could put it this way, my friends, in the end, the timing of my dad's death was perfect. Unbelievable, really. Remarkable. And I want to tell you my friends, as I think back upon that reality, as my wife Heather thinks back upon that reality, we both still are just left in awe of how God answered that prayer.
Now, there may be people listening to this um, sermon today and they're thinking, well, that's just coincidence. Well, what I want to suggest to you is if you are in this kingdom as I am, this kingdom of heaven, this experience of the risen Jesus, and you pray and he answers your prayers over and over and over again, you stop thinking or even being tempted to think that it's just coincidence and you start to realize this is real. This is incredible. <laughs> this is an amazing thing that I am a part of. And I want to tell you, my friends, that's the potential of life in the kingdom of heaven. How about this one? In the kingdom in which we live, we have a king who in our most difficult and challenging struggles in life, times of pain and heartache and difficulty, he is with us and he will sustain us and he will provide for us everything that we need. He's promised that. You know, we've talked about <clears throat> a future realm when the kingdom comes in its fullest expression, and it will. And in that day, there will be no sickness and no death. But we still experience that here and now. But in the midst of those times, my friends, <laughs> the Lord Jesus, by his Spirit, comes and moves in mighty ways. Sometimes, through prayer, he heals the sick. And again, if you've never experienced that or seen it happen, you might not believe it. Well, I would suggest to you it's because you've never seen it or experienced it happen, as many of us have. But sometimes he heals through medicine, and sometimes he doesn't heal at all. Sometimes that sickness <clears throat> ultimately does lead to death. You know what, my friends? The reality is, if that is the choice of God and his sovereign plan... Even in those moments, he comes to us by his spirit and he enables us and he strengthens us and he gives us courage and he provides faith so that we can go through that experience of death and enter into heaven, enter into glory. My point to you is that the living Christ, the resurrected Jesus is with his people even then. You know, sometimes we li we're living in a place not quite as dire as that, but we are just living with fear because we don't have enough. I read this week, two days ago in the newspaper, that right now there are one million Canadians who fear imminent bankruptcy because of their lack of work. That's a lot of people who are afraid of going under, not knowing where, how they're going to be able to pay their bills. Here's what I want to say to you. <clears throat> when we live in the kingdom of heaven, when we are part of that dynamic, when we have a king named Jesus, the resurrected one. No matter what our problem, our king loves us and he has promised to be with us and to provide for us. And that as we trust him, we will see over and over and over and over again him enabling, him giving to us, him leading us forward in the way of his choosing. Let me read to you First Peter uh, chapter 5. Verse 7, I love this verse. It says this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You hear that? Real, real instruction. This is kingdom instruction right there in that text. Cast your care on Jesus. Why? Because he really deeply cares for you. He cares what's going on in your life. 
It's important to him how you are and how you're doing and that your needs are met. And the instruction is come along and take the burden that you carry, take the weight, take the, that which is causing anxiety or angst in your life and cast it on him. It's like throwing it upon him, giving it to him. Well, I had reason this week earlier, and I'm not going to explain what the reason specifically was to turn to this verse because I was troubled by something, anxious. And when I realized that I sat down, which I have learned to do, and, and I took time to be in prayer with, with Christ, with God. And I said, Lord Jesus, I need to give you this. I need to give it away. Because I know you can handle it. You've proved yourself to me over and over and over again. And with time, it's not an easy thing sometimes, depending on the weight of what you carry. But in time, I was able to give it away. In my mind, literally, I gave it to Jesus to deal with. And my friends, I want to tell you, Jesus dealt with it. But the, the, the critical piece of this is that after I gave it to him, I could walk away from that time of prayer without carrying the weight that I had on my shoulders when I went into that time of prayer. Now, I have to admit, this is taking me a long, long time to figure out and to practice. And I'm not always great at it. But it has become part of my life, part of the experience of being in the kingdom of heaven, knowing that there is a king who loves me, who cares about me, who's willing to take my burdens and literally manage them, provide for them, take care of them. And it's possible for me to walk in this direction and no longer worry about them, literally, because I know he's got it. And when you see him answering that Concern When you see him addressing a problem that you have given to him, you know what you experience? You experience shocked realization because Christ has risen and Jesus is alive and he is powerful and he is real. I don't know whether you're carrying a burden today, but on this Easter Sunday, I say to you, go and give it to him later on today. Stay in prayer until you know he has it and you don't anymore. And walk away in a freedom and in a joy we are intended to know as part of this kingdom. Last point to you today. And I wish I had just all kinds of time to talk about this one. But it is essentially this. In this kingdom of heaven, because Jesus rose, because this kingdom continues, and it is functional and it is real, we have the, um, the voice of God speaking into our lives if we choose on a regular basis. By what, that, what I mean is we have the Word of God, Scripture, which is taken by the Spirit of God, and He speaks it to us in such a fashion that we know <clears throat> what it is that we are called to as part of the kingdom of heaven. Now, um, this reality that w what we are called to, how to live, is dramatically different than the kingdom of darkness. We are sometimes so much caught up in the norm of the kingdom of darkness that <clears throat> we hear what it is that the Bible is calling us to in the kingdom of heaven, and it doesn't make sense to us. We struggle to embrace it. It takes us time to have enough faith to actually go there. <clears throat> but you know what, my friends? The reality is when we get there, what we discover over and over and over again, that the way to real life, the way to really experience life better than it can be known otherwise is by living in the kingdom of heaven and according to the principles of that kingdom 
for illustration, simple thing. Bible says over and over again, forgive those who have wronged you. That's part of the kingdom of heaven. That's the way of the king. That's the will of his, his heart for us. Well, the way of the kingdom of darkness is, no, don't do that. Hold on to that wound. You know, refuse to forgive. Become bitter about it. You know? Last thing I'm going to do is forgive him or her for what he or she did to me. I want to tell you this. The reality is that those who choose to forgive find a freedom and a joy in life that those who hold on to grudges and bitterness never will know. See, we're, we're called to live according to the way of God. It'll happen in its fullness someday, in the fullest expression. We can choose it now. We can walk into that reality, believing what Scripture has to say, and find life. Life eternal, the Bible calls it. How about this dynamic? The Bible says, become people of incredible generosity. This is the way of the kingdom of heaven. This is the way of God. Think how incredibly generous God is. Um, give away your money. Give away your time. Give away your love. Bless people in love. Well, the kingdom of darkness says, no, hold on to everything you've got and accumulate to the extent that you can. Find your security in your material resources. I want to tell you, my friends, that you choose the way of incredible generosity you will come to know in a, in a profound way that when the Bible says that it is better to give than to receive, that it's telling the truth. <laughs> that, that it's remarkable to live that way and to find the blessing of that. And it, it, you know, it, it's, it's like, wow, it's real. It's powerful. You know, the idea of living for self, kingdom of darkness, or living for God and for others out of love. You know, we get to choose it. This the dynamic reality in this day where both kingdoms, if you would, exist. But my friends, if you will step into the idea of living for God, living for others, living to love and to serve, to be the servant, not the server, the one who, sorry, the one who is served, the servee, you will find how life works in an incredible way. And in each of these instances, you stand back and you look at the reality of life in the kingdom of heaven. You go, oh my goodness, this works. Jesus is real. His, his mind is real. His heart is real. His word is real. And I could describe this in so many and various ways. Sexuality. Kingdom of darkness says function in a particular way. Kingdom of heaven says, no, follow my word. And it produces life and health, not brokenness, heartache. How about, how about doing marriage? You want to know how to be a, a husband or a wife? Go to Scripture, and it'll tell you. And you put those practices into, into play, and all of a sudden your mar marriage starts to deepen in love and enjoy. It's, it's richer. It's better. As opposed to people who are demanding their own rights and angry and critical and wishing things weren't as they were. 
I could go on and on and on. You want to be, know how to be a better parent and find joy in it or a child. You want to be a, the employer that you could be or the employee. Go to Scripture. Discover the principles of the kingdom and you will find life. Can I put it this way? What, what, what is spoken in Scripture, what is suggested is for those of us who are in the kingdom, for those of us who choose the principles of the way of the kingdom, we will end up <laughs> in human flourishing is one way to put it. Another way to put it is we will end up living in a superior way. We will be blessed beyond all people because we have simply embraced life in the kingdom as the king invites us to. I guess my point for you today, very simply, is this. Um, we can all experience a taste of heaven the first fruits of what is to come by the Spirit of God. We can enter the kingdom of God by believing in Jesus who died and who rose again so that we could know the reality of being in his kingdom. Now again, for those who want to become part of the kingdom, how, how do you enter it? Well, it's by faith. Faith is like a door that you have to walk through into the kingdom reality. Believing in Christ, trusting in him, his death on the cross, being effective for the forgiveness of your sin, trusting in him, the one who rose from the dead and who lives and who reigns today. You can invite that Lord Jesus into your life, and as you do so, you enter into the kingdom of, of heaven. <laughs> And you can experience the things that I'm describing to you. This Easter, I encourage anyone who has not done that or who has hesitated to do that, to do so. Give your life to Jesus. Commit it to him. Enter into that relationship with God through him. And then pursue this life in the kingdom. Now, final comment. It's for believers. People who do trust Jesus but might be saying today, and I know this certainly isn't the case with all of you, but might be saying today, Chris, I believe in Jesus, and I believe I'm in the kingdom, but I don't experience the things that you're experiencing. I have this belief in my heart, and it's real. Maybe I go to church on Sundays, and I occasionally pray, but I'm not, I'm not encountering God the way that you have described. <laughs> you know? I'm not encountering the reality of him, you know, being with me to the extent that I, I know I'm never alone. I don't enc encounter God in, in the way that you say where he's answering prayers in profound ways or how, how he is providing for me through my struggles and my difficulties. I'm not experiencing this sense of, of goodness and joy as I follow after the principles of the kingdom of heaven. Well, what I want to say to you today is that you can you can so know the living Lord Jesus that you will end up, <laughs> you will end up with this oh my goodness moment, with these moments of shocked realization as you encounter Christ alive and active and at work in you. I've said myself in some of these instances, it's taken me a long time to learn this, to grow into this, to deepen in my faith and to deepen in my experience of God so that I'm left uh, awed 
by the reality of what the Lord has done for me. So I say to you on this Easter Sunday, this is available to you. It's waiting for you to take hold of. As you are in the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, experience that reality the extent you can. Run after it. Pursue it until you know the deeper things of the faith, the presence and the activity of the risen Jesus powerfully at play in your life. I, I want to put it this way in conclusion. Jesus is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. Why? To rule and reign. To rule and reign in the kingdom of heaven, which exists here today in part, so that we might have a foretaste of what is yet to come someday in its fullness. He is alive to engage your life, to provide for you, to answer your prayer, to, to give you wisdom in the times of choosing your way forward in life. He is alive that you might encounter him and stand back time after time after time and say, oh my goodness, what a God I have. What a life I am living in the kingdom of heaven. See, that, my friends, is my prayer for you. That's what Jesus desires for you. He rose that you might know him, that you might experience him, that you might experience the power of the king at work in his kingdom. I know many of you have encountered that. I really know that many of you have encountered the things that I have described here today, and I'm sure many of you in even greater and more dramatic and beautiful ways. And as you go from this place, remember, Jesus is risen. Jesus is real. Jesus can be at work in you as you participate fully in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray together. Lord, what an amazing thing it is to be yours. To, to, to be people who have come to this place of faith who really believe that, yes, we've been redeemed. Redeemed by the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. People who live in this kingdom of heaven and who encounter you in powerful and life-changing ways. Father God, I thank you for each of these people who have shared their story in, in, in a unique way today. I thank you for this entire congregation of people who, who live in the kingdom of heaven and who long to know more of it. I pray for every single one of us and all who are listening, Lord, that <clears throat> for those who need to step into the kingdom by faith, that they'll choose to do that. Give them the, the focus and the intention and the courage. And Lord, for those of us who, who want more of you, we pray for it today. I pray for the people who long to encounter you more than they have as the risen king of the kingdom of heaven. And God, for those of us who have encountered you, we just want to stop for a moment in, in our shocked realization and in our oh-my-goodness moment to thank you for who you are, to thank you for what you have done for us. To thank you, Lord Jesus, for your death on the cross. To thank you, Father, for raising your son to new life. To thank you that we have been drawn into this dynamic spiritual reality called the kingdom of heaven where we live in relationship with you, knowing your presence, knowing your power, knowing your love, 
knowing your provision. God, we thank you that we are yours. And we pray, Lord, for more. Having been blessed, we want more of you, Lord. More of, more of the evidence of your resurrection in our life. More of your power uh, bearing down upon us and enabling us and strengthening us. More of you, Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, this beautiful day of Easter. Today we worship you. We honor you. We thank you for what you have done on our behalf. We thank you for leading us into your kingdom. We are yours. We commit ourselves to you again by faith and in love. Asking you, Lord Jesus, to lead us forward. We might know you day by day, moment by moment, in awesome and in beautiful ways. This we pray, our God, in Jesus' name. Amen.